A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. Welcome to the Wheel of Time podcast. We are the Lorehounds, your guides to weaving the pattern. I'm David. I'm John, and this is our coverage of the Amazon Prime video original series, The Wheel of Time. In this podcast, we're going to be laying out our coverage plans and discussing the trailers and a preview scene for season two. Be sure to stick around to the end of the podcast for programming notes about our podcasting schedule for the rest of August and into September. For early access to ad-free episodes and exclusive content, visit us at patreon.com slash the lorehounds. If you are enjoying our content and want to give us a leg up, leave us a review and or a rating on Apple Podcasts. Ratings and reviews help people find our podcasts, even on the ale wastes. Aiel. Aiel. You're going to have to get used to that word, Okay. Yeah, so you're going to have to school me on a lot of pronunciations. Listen, Robert Jordan is an excellent writer who writes pronunciations in the most confusing way possible. <laughs> Outstanding. I love it. Yeah, yeah. All right, we love to respond to your questions, thoughts, and theories on air, so send us feedback for the next episode. And even pronunciation guides. Uh, yeah. Send the emails to wot at thelorehounds.com or uh, head over to our website, and there you can use our voicemail feature or the contact form. You can also post a message on our Discord server, and we can include those as well. Links for all of that in the show notes. We've got a Discord server, channels for all our different shows. We're covering Ahsoka. We're covering Foundation. We're covering Wheel of Time. This is a busy time of the year for us, so hop on over and uh, join the conversations. Yes, it is a busy time of year. I just did the schedule. And also, <laughs> I got to mention the... Wheel of Time channel on our Discord is, as the kids say, popping off. Is it popping? People are, people are just chatting away. We have a book spoiler thread so that people can silo their book spoilers. We're having a great time. Cool. Yeah, this is going to be an exciting season of television. We have been on hooks waiting for this for a long time, haven't we, John? We have. I mean, we were ready to go. Yes, at the end of 2022. <laughs> and we were like, it's can't, it can't come in 2023, right? And then beginning of 2023 comes, can't come later than spring this year, right? Okay, well, here we are. September 1st, it's going to be back. Uh, and we actually have gotten screeners for this show. Yeah. So we're going to be able to cover this day and date. We're going to be able to come out 
on Fridays when the embargo lifts, we're going to be able to release our episodes. So I'm definitely going to release them right when the embargo lifts for patrons. I think because we have foundation coming out the same day, Mm -hmm. we're going to have to space it out by a few hours for the public feed. Otherwise, otherwise it gets all funky on the public feed. Right. But yeah, I'm really excited for this season. David, how do you feel about it going into this? I'm nervous. Uh, we are um, we cut. Co- we tried to cover season one in sort of an encapsulated episode last year. Right. And- well, I had COVID. Yes. Well, <laughs> it didn't didn't go so well. My we voice never was re- so deep on that podcast, but it's, uh, <laughs> maybe maybe we'll release it for patrons one day. But I don't think it's seeing the light of day on the public feed. No, it's it was and it was still early on in our podcast careers. And right. So we it was, still- was pre Rings of Power. We we yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And uh, season one as a lot of, you know, there's a lot of commentary about season one. We don't need to go down uh, those roads very far. It was a bit of a messy season. Uh, it was. And there's a lot involved in that, obviously, with uh, with COVID issues and um, and other production issues. And I guess we should say right up front here, I am a brand new person to this franchise. Uh, I've read a lot of sci-fi and and fantasy in my day. And can you believe it? Robert Jordan was just never on my radar. I was just never, I I just didn't. Well, he's a big commitment. Yes, he is. And so wheel of time coming out, I was like, okay, whatever, you know, another Amazon, you know, show and not understanding the depth and scale of the fandom. Uh, and mm-hmm. how important this is to um, folks who are are big fantasy uh, readers, and and so this show coming out marks a really really big deal for a huge part of our fandom community. Yes, and uh, so you're a big book reader. We can talk about that in a second. For me, yes, yeah, so just everyone knows I am uh, new to this property. I didn't know anything about it prior to season one coming out. I was really dubious because the first episode of the first season, I just got all these Lord of the Rings type of vibes, which mm-hmm. is intentional, apparently. That's what yeah. Robert Jordan yeah. tried to do with the first book. And so then the, those middle episodes, there's some really interesting stuff with the Warders and the Aes Sedai, and I got hooked into the world and I got really interested. And then the last couple of episodes were a little bit <laughs> rough. Yep. And uh, so now we're we're coming into season two. They've had a long time for production. Hopefully they've dealt with a lot of their uh, issues. It looks like they're putting a lot of money into the VFX, into the coloring and just the, the overall look and feel of the show. So I'm nervous. Uh, they there's a there's everything to gain and everything to lose right this is a high stakes <laughs> production yeah because everybody's yeah. going okay you've got you've had time you had a whole extra year right right I think they're even right. filming season three as we speak I uh, I think they might be done filming season three I'm not totally sure but they right. they were filming season three last year right yeah so so hopefully things are on solid footing and and I'm really interested in in learning more about this world and going on this journey with you. And obviously we're going to talk about uh, our uh, other friend, Alicia, who's a big wheel of time. Oh yeah. Bigger than I am. I mean, right. I, I love the wheel of time, but she loves the wheel of time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, John, how are you feeling about season two? 
I'm cautiously optimistic. Okay. That's where I'm at. Right. I, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm willing to excuse the last two episodes of season one because okay. one, they had COVID restrictions and they had to completely rewrite the last episode on set. Like they basically had to rewrite this thing on set. Wow. Because of the restrictions they had, because it was early in COVID, they didn't really know what the restrictions were. They had different people, probably from like HR and health and things like that, saying, oh, no, you wanted to do this? No, no, you can't do that. So it sounds like it was a mess to record yeah. the finale, especially. Uh, especially we know season one ended with a big battle that probably would have been a lot more battle-y and less uh -huh. CGI-y right. if they were allowed to do what they wanted to do. And it's okay. really a shame that they weren't. The other thing is we lost the actor for Matt. He did not come back after the COVID shutdown. We still do not know why. I won't engage in speculation because it's baseless. We have no idea. But we we lost Barney, uh, Barney Harris, mm -hmm. who was playing Matt. He just didn't come back. And uh, he's been replaced now. We have Donald Finn coming in as Matt in season three. Uh, you can see him in the trailer. He does look the part, and we're hoping that he does as good a job because Barney Harris did a genuinely good job as Matt in season one. I thought he was a highlight of the season. Yeah, you. Uh, I remember w us talking about it and that it was kind of a shock that he it was left. It was and completely uh, different I, from the books, and it right. didn't seem like it was. It was serving a different purpose. It seems like this was a band aid because the actor left. Yeah, and that's rough. That's really that's really difficult for a production production to deal with, right? And for the fans because we are there's an expectation that we have on screen. There's a visual language. There right. is chemistry between actors, and obviously, we talk a lot about our shows. A lot of our our podcasts we're covering shows or or materials that are uh, in. You know, writ our, our well foundation is based on a books. Rings of Power obviously is based on a, a whole other franchise, and all of the Star Wars stuff. So we often we talk about inspiration versus adaptation, right? Kind of on a sliding scale, and right. where we took that show. from Brandon Sanderson's discussion on his podcast. Is that where that came from? Yes, I don't remember. That, that's, it that's just where that came from. We, okay, we, that's the first time we discussed it. I mentioned it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It's now just part of my milieu. I don't even recognize yeah, it's, it's that. It's a good slider. It is. Yeah. It's great. And and so when you suddenly have to go from from adaptation to inspiration in an episode when everybody's been right. waiting for something else, that is a shock to the system. Yeah, and it all it was not a, a straight adaptation from the beginning. They changed right. quite a lot. They changed quite a lot right away. I very much disagreed with a lot of the changes. I thought. Uh, giving Perrin a wife just to let her die was a mistake. Uh, I thought that the not setting a Shire-like vibe in Emmons Field was a mistake. I thought mm -hmm. not giving the characters somewhere that they would like to go home to is uh -huh. really bad for the motivations of the characters. Right. But once we got past that, I do think the middle episodes were really good. They, yeah. they did interesting things. A lot of it non-canon, you know, not in the books. That right. they made up this water death was a completely show storyline. This was not something from the books. And I felt and that was, was probably the best part of the season. Absolutely. I was so enrolled in the story that they were telling and the kinds of 
things that they were doing with fantasy. Uh, um, I, I don't want to use the word tropes in a negative way, but in terms of fan, you know, standard no, fantasy. I, I look at tropes as a device. There are different yes. devices and you can use them well and you can use them poorly. Right. And I thought some of the things that they were playing with in the middle, those middle episodes with the warder uh, and I said, I relationships and all of the things they went through was beautiful. Just, just right. stunningly yeah. beautiful yeah. character stuff and really inventive television storytelling. And I was like, give me more of this. This is good. Right. right. It's kind of like Foundation in our, with our coverage of Foundation. All of the book inspired stuff is hitting, but the show created stuff around the Cleonic mm-hmm. Empire and the clones and stuff is extraordinary. It's better right. than the original material in right. some ways, you know? You almost ask yourself, would it have been better for you guys to write your own show without <laughs> a source material? <laughs> exactly. However, the source material is very good here, and I don't think we're ever going to get another shot at a Wheel of Time TV show. So let's go with it, and let's yes. see if they can do a good job with season two, which I, I have a lot of hope for. They, they had an AMA with the showrunner Rafe. Judkins. Right. And he actually said a lot of good things that made a lot of people feel more comfortable. Okay. A lot of people were asking about iconic book scenes and, you know, um, will will you do these? Because a lot of the criticism in season one, I felt I would describe it as you're going out of your way to avoid recreating iconic book scenes. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand we don't want full fan service and I understand we don't want to just do what's in the book. But there's a reason the books are popular and you need to capture that. And when you deliberately avoid doing iconic book scenes, you're going to anger the book readers and you're going to fail to bring that to a new audience. These beautiful scenes, you're going to fail to bring that to a new audience. So it seems like they took criticisms like that well because they uh, they actually have already done that with the preview scene for season two. So why don't I think that's a good segue to go into there. Yeah, uh, it's a definitely a good segue um, to talk about the trailer. And then what we have um, a new scene at the end of episode eight, which. Yeah, uh, they just dropped a new scene. Looks pretty exciting. So let's quickly too before we get into the trailer, let's let's sidestep slightly and talk about our coverage plans. So folks know what to expect from us this season. Yep, As you yep. said, we've got screeners for the first four we don't know how they're going to be managing we're going eight episodes this eight season. episodes yep so we don't know how they're going to do the 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 other half of the season a lot of times with screeners uh, every every streaming service every studio every production does it the screener access thing differently so there's right. not a consistency across um uh properties and sometimes they will not release a final so mm-hmm. that everybody, critics and podcasters, everybody invo- and and just regular viewers, everybody yeah. involved is watching the same thing. So right. we're going to do our best uh, to do that. So we've got um, the screeners for episodes one through four. So, John, how did you want to cover uh, the episodes? How are we going to structure going forward? So I think because one through three are dropping on the same night, we're going to have to do a lower corner, do a white tower segment after episode three, because no one's going to want to speculate on episode two when they can watch it right now. (laughs) Right. Um, So we'll do our first lower corner, our first white tower uh, at the end of episode three, which will cover the first three episodes. Yeah. Right. And then we'll, we'll move on and do every episode after that. Sounds good. And then we'll have definitely a season wrap up where we'll collect everybody's feedback and we'll have Alicia on for the, the, the whole of that. So we can, um, 
really swim through a lot of the details that we we saw on there. Right. So, yeah, I think that'll be fun. Good. Be that fun. sounds good the to me. The book readers will be well served. Excellent. And then, of course, yeah, like you, like we mentioned before, we have a, a Discord. Mm-hmm. We have a separate channels for the book conversations as well as the TV show conversations. Uh, great welcoming community over there. So check out the link in the show notes and join us for that conversation. And then again, uh, just to reiterate feedback, WOT at the lorehounds.com. Right. We definitely want to hear your feedback, how we're doing on production, how we're doing, not we, but you know, how the show's doing on production, how the show's doing <laughs> or, on or plotting. We, or us, you can tell or us. Or us, in, indeed. One more note is we are launching a feed for this show specifically. Yes. Oh, for yeah. the Wheel of Time. So right. if you are finding us on there and you want our other podcast, make sure you go to the Lorehounds Firehose feed. Uh, and if you're not on there, if you're on the Firehose right now, you could always give us a hand and rate and review that podcast because that'll <laughs> right. boost us on the rankings, help more people find us. And since we probably will pick up some new people with this show, we should mention that in our main recaps, we do not spoil anything from the books for the you know future in the season. We just talk about what we saw on screen. It's only in the discussion with Alicia, which will clearly mark that we will talk about book spoilers. Yep, sounds good. Yeah, and the creating a new feed helps us bring in uh, new folks into the Lorehounds universe, yeah. and we'll be able helps to cross that promote. SEO. Yes, exactly. As the kids say, that get yeah. that SEO, that sweet SEO, yep. and we can do cross promotions with our other affiliates. Um, Properly Howard movie reviews and Alicia's channel Wool Shift Dust, which is uh, she's covering Dune right now. So we have a little Lorehounds community. Lots of things happening in this way. We can bring new folks in for that SEO, and we can also um, uh, bumper each other uh, on other content. So, cool. Let's just talk briefly about these trailers. I think Alicia and I are going to go more deeply into anything spoilery. But uh, for now, let's talk about what we saw. Did this get you excited for The Wheel of Time, watching these trailers? It got me, ner- <laughs> it got me really? nervous. Really? Why, yeah. why so? Please elaborate. Because uh, I visually I'm seeing exactly what I saw in season one and season one, as we know, you know, because of the mm-hmm. plotting and, and uh, the other story structural issues mm-hmm. uh, were, yeah, as we said, uneven. So I don't I don't really know what to expect going into this. I don't know what's coming from the, the books. Um so I'm just I'm like really nervous. Can they? This is a high stakes thing, and uh, I really right. want it to succeed. So uh, I, I liked a lot of what I saw, and I was intrigued by a lot of what I saw. There's definitely some exciting scenes in here, and there's a lot that I just went right over my head because I don't know what they're they're telling me, and mm-hmm. it, it really feels like they're they're setting up a lot for the book readers as well. I think they are not ignoring the book readers if I can if that's a, a, an appropriate yes. statement. They're, I don't want to go f- as far as saying fan service, but they're not not fan service is fans. underrated. I'm going to be honest with you. I really <laughs> okay. think it's underrated. There's right. a reason that your fans yes, you know, listen to what the fans are saying are the good parts of the book too. Mhm. Right. Right. And that's and that I think that's important and then that's where we also go into the the shippy test thing, which we've talked about a lot with our Tolkien stuff, which is when TV or filmmakers have to adapt a written work, 
how do you rearrange or move parts around so that the core of the story is represented while at the same time the visual medium is is connected to right and and that's also a a, a difficult thing for showrunners to do and so we're just hoping that they are striking that balance so yeah i'm I'm nervous uh, about what I'm seeing. There's great VFX, great costuming here, lots of wacky yeah, fantasy yeah. I'm stuff. I'm scrolling through it too. Yeah, people with you know masks and you know you know uh, weave power flowing all over the place. And uh, to be honest, John, I had no idea what to make of this trailer. I was like, okay, <laughs> here we go. I, I did have an idea of what to make with this trailer, but there were some things where I went, what the hell are they doing there? Uh-huh. Um, but in a good way, like I, I feel like I'm going to be surprised by this season. Which I would you that, would want, right, as a book reader. Yeah. You want to be surprised and delighted. Right. I want both. I want right. to see the iconic scenes, and I want to be, like you said, surprised and delighted. Yeah. Um, there's some things like Rand chained to this wheel. Yeah, that, that was I have no idea what that is. That okay. is not in the books. I have no idea what that is. Okay. There's, uh, they, they have set up the second season to be very different from the first one you had matt written out of the end of last season so we have to figure out how he's coming back uh with a new face (laughs) right um but also rand ran off and that's not at all what happens in the book he's still with the emmons fielders okay when uh when book two starts so we have to see what they're going to do with that uh i know that they are combining books two and three for this season this okay. is not just a straight adaptation of book two. And uh, they've been advertising this with The Great Hunt is on. So that's the name of the second book, The Great Hunt. And so they we are definitely doing that plot line. Um, it the Great seems Hunt. so the from what I've gathered from the, the 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 trailer and even from the extra scenes from episode eight from season one. Mm hmm. Rand has run off somewhere and he's yeah. he's yeah. brooding. He's Rand trying on to the figure run. out. Rand on the run. Rand. All right. There you go. You need, a new, you need to write a new song for us. Uh, he shaved his head. Um, he's looking a little bit more buff. And at the same time, mm-hmm. it feels very, uh, can I bring in a Star Wars IP? Very Ezra Bridger here. Oh. He's playing with the dark side a little bit. I got this power. What well, is he? Is it, so me? channeling is not, there's, there's no, well, I can't spoil too much, but the, what he's doing is not the dark side. It's definitely okay. not the dark side. It is, but, they, but visually to me, it power. is the dark side, right? He's he's wrestling with uh, the the whole question of power and and what does mm-hmm. when you have power, do your morals and your values um, withstand the ability to just affect change in the world at the you know at the snap right. of a wrist, right? And, yeah, and seeing um, his friends and his whole community sort of exploded and he's now faced with the fact that he is the dragon. Spoilers, I guess. <laughs> well, we well listen, we're past the spoilers. We're past this. We're past season yes, one. He's the dragon. Here. He's very upset about it. We, <laughs> mm-hmm. we get it. We have Mopey Rand, who is Mopey for a long time, I think. Thank God they got <laughs> rid of the sweater. His his wardrobe is looking a lot better this year. <laughs> yeah, it is looking better. They, I think they generally up the production value of the season. Uh, I, I heard talk on Rafe's AMA that they uh-huh. redid the weaving effect okay. for season two because a lot of people complained about the channeling effect okay. in season one because it looked kind of low budget. It looked just a little off. It looked very vanilla, looked very thin and wispy. And, pe- and they took it seriously. So you can see 
in the trailer, you have yeah. Rand channeling fire and it looks red and it looks fiery and mm-hmm. it looks dangerous. And that is a really cool way to do that. Right. Um, and so I'm I'm really excited to see what they do with the new effects. And it um, looks like he's with somebody, potentially a romantic uh, engagement, mm-hmm. and she might be teaching him some stuff or enabling him. In, yeah, in I, his I can't say much about that without okay. spoiling a lot. But all right, well, that's um, something that I picked up certainly because yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a line in the trailer. He says, "I want to know." And uh, it feels like they're setting up for him to be exploring. Uh, I'll put air quotes around the the dark side. Uh, <laughs> but well, yeah, I'll, exploring I'll say, the having power. The the problem is the if you recall the male side of the of the force of right. of, of uh, the one power is tainted by the dark one. So people right. men who channel will eventually go mad, as they put it, right. in, the, in the books. They start having delusions. They start having symptoms of basically like schizophrenia. And it's it's very dangerous to be a male channeler in this world because of the taint. It was not dangerous before the taint, but right now it's just extremely dangerous to be a man who can channel. And so even, for even if dragon? he wasn't the dragon, yes, mm-hmm. even if he's not the dragon, that's an issue for him. Okay. And he's now the most ma- powerful male channeler <laughs> that you can imagine. Right. That's a lot of taint to take in. Okay. So, so the taint he, comes with as a percentage of the power then? The more you channel, the more the taint gets into you. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And so he's, uh, the problem is he can try to resist channeling, but the way that the books describe it is channeling once you once you have channeled it's basically like life you can't it's an addiction you can't okay. not channel your body will want to channel you will need to touch the the true source okay. at some point interesting um and okay. people who are cut off from the true source are often die pretty quickly afterwards right people right people who it's... are gentled if you're men or stilled if you're a woman right right i remember that now from the things and the remind me of the isidai the the red um leandrin leandrin is, is so and what and what was their subgroup called within the oh isidai? oh sorry the red aja yeah the so, red aja thank so you so all of it. these all of these colors are ajas they, those right. are just subgroups of the isidai yeah which have different functions and stuff. And yeah. we, uh, and, and stuff. <laughs> How do you, do you like my, my, <laughs> and stuff. my, my technical description there? Um, and uh, the, I remind me of the woman who is the mean. Uh, yeah, that's Aja. Leandrin. Yeah. Leandrin. She, she had some interesting stuff happen with going on in season one. And I'm really glad to see her front and center. Mm-hmm. They brought her two? in early because she did, wasn't even in book one. She was okay. only in book two and beyond. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what they do. I really I liked her plot line a lot in season in book two. So I'm excited to see what they do with it. What else uh, did you see in the trailer that for me and for other non franchise familiar folks? What are some things that you're excited about that you can kind of hint at or tell us to look you know pay attention to yeah. this or pay attention to that well the they've shown the aiel several times these are these people with the veiled faces uh-huh uh they don't come into book three so it's we are obviously moving moving up faster i think there's one aiel in book two but uh they they don't really come until book three so this is a brand new thing in the show and i think the aiel are probably one of the most unique peoples in fantasy Okay. Uh, they are reminiscent of 
the the people in Dune remind me what they're called uh, on Arrakis. Oh, the Fremen. Yes, yes. So yeah. they're reminiscent of that a little bit, but they have their own unique culture. They it's it's a really unique culture. Okay. And uh, it, I think they're only more visually similar to the Fremen, whereas okay. they're what they do is very different. So I'm excited to see that come to life. So far, I've seen some really cool uh, promos with them. The they have this sort of sign language, and they showed that they call it made in hand talk because they have. I, I can't spoil anymore, but they have You're they right. have some yeah. sign language going on. Okay. And uh it's it's gonna be really cool. I'm most excited to see them come in. And one of the things I was most excited for was the bonus scene. So maybe we could talk about that really quickly. Sure, yeah, let's do that. Uh so in the books, book readers call this the dark friend social. Uh <laughs> this is the this is the cold open, this is the prologue to book two. Okay. And uh, Alicia is here. She just popped in and just in time to talk about the dark friend social. Oh, yes. It's one of my favorite scenes from the uh, from the books. So uh, very excited to see it on screen. Yeah. As soon as I saw that in the in the bonus scene, I went, oh, man, they actually did it because Rafe promised it in an AMA a few months ago. People said, are you going to do the dark friend social? He said, absolutely. Yes. Yep. And there it is. And I think, yeah, it, the really cool thing about it also is that it's um, it shows you what a good adaptation does, which it's it's not the same, you know, it's it's a much more intimate version of it, but it it communicates the same core central thing, which is like you know what Jean kept saying about the um about secret invasion is you know in the comic books there's this moment where you realize oh my god anyone could be a scroll, and this is that moment for the Wheel of Time, uh, where you realize like oh wow. Well, maybe I shouldn't say what's in the books, but <laughs> but we see, yeah, we see so many different types of people there. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Alicia, great to have you here. We're super excited to have your your wisdom and, and knowledge. Um, and we just started talking about the new scene at the end of episode mm-hmm. one, season or episode eight, season one. Apologies. So that's the first time I'm seeing it uh, and understanding what I've, I've got. And one of the things that I noticed from the POV of the character of the little girl was all underneath the table. And I thought this was a very interesting way of introducing this, the different dress and style Mm -hmm. of boots. And then as they were going around the table, the different hands, who's got gloves, who's got cuffs, Mm -hmm. um, all of these. Who's got jewelry. Yeah, who's got jewelry. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So they are laying out a whole bunch of stuff that is going to come into play, right? So they're giving you a lot of, of hints and teasers as to what uh, what we can start to expect. Did the did this scene uh, make you make you happy? <laughs> did this get you excited for for what we're going to have in season two? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, what, what I was yeah, as I was saying, is it, it did exactly what the scene that version of the book uh, does, right. which is like one of my all time favorite scenes. Um, nice, because you have that feeling. You're like, whoa, look, and that's you, you, there's the long nails. Um, mm-hmm. There was a you know some military gear with uh, a hawk on it. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so and you realize like, wow, oh, the military gear with the hawk is uh, that's. Uh, yeah, isn't that where we last saw all of our heroes, you know, in Faldara? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, so it raises the stakes. So this scene landed for you. It, yes. it did yeah. what it's supposed it to. Changed it. Yep. it. It changed it, but in the right ways, you know. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. 
I really like the way that they visually introduce this because in the book you have to be told this person's wearing this kind of ring and it kind right. of reveals it more obviously. This one you really have to zoom in and go, okay, what are they wearing? Which is yeah. such a fun way to reveal. All right, there's and they don't reveal the faces, so so it's the same thing as in the book. You don't know who is who. Everyone has code names in the books. In right. the book, uh, so here you're you're like okay, who in these factions is the one we need to look out for, right. and that's a really fun game of guess who, right? And, and I think you were saying, John, that um, one of the important things that you're looking for as a as a fan of this franchise is that okay, you know, do what you need to do in terms of sliding from inspiration to adaptation and then sliding the other way for um, um, uh, chopping and changing so that we get the right beats, but they, it works for television. This is a perfect scene. Like, like you're saying, this is a scene. Yeah, they did a re scene. really good job. Yeah, the, and this yeah. is a really great visual adaptation of, of that kind of stuff. So that's mm -hmm. that's exciting. Yeah, and it took it's one of those scenes where I watched it a few times before I even noticed, for instance, that there's uh, somebody with white gloves on the table. Yep, I saw that. Mm. Um, I saw white cufflinks as well. That was yeah, like saw. it was almost like a tux from our day. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I was saying Alicia to David that I really need them to do more of incorporating iconic scenes from the books into the show. I think that that was the thing I most missed from season one. Okay. I didn't think that they nailed that on season one. I know you were more positive yeah. on season one than I am. Right. I, I didn't hate season one, but I think that there was a lot of room for improvement. I'm also willing to forgive the last two episodes basically right. entirely because of COVID. Right. Well, and I mean, in the seventh episode had one of the greatest fight scenes like I've ever seen in my life. Um, the okay. blood snow. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, the I'm glad that we have a season that doesn't have all of the uh, COVID and, you know, an actor from the main cast leaving and uh, yeah, everything that went on with that. Um, they just got to film it the way they planned it and that gives me a good feeling. And so far what I'm seeing from the trailers has me very excited and they've like upped the game in some ways, like the costumes have somehow gotten even better and um, the, weaves, yeah. the weaves look better. Um, yes, they do. And they, they said they were redesigning that. it for season yeah. two. So I'm glad that they successfully did that. Very yeah. cool. Well, I think so Alicia, what we're doing is we're establishing our own pattern here where, um, uh, John and I will talk and then we'll, uh, you and I get to overlap a little bit and I get to, uh, check in with you. All three of us get to check in and then I'll slide out and then you and John get to go hard into the lore and wisdom of uh, wheel of time. So I kind of feel like this is a, a good time for me to jump out and let you guys go. So anybody who is not a book reader and who doesn't want to, be spoiled or to have, uh, you know, uh, other information. This is, you know, check out with me here now. And uh, John and Alicia will, will talk a little bit more. And then that's the way the patterning for the show, for our coverage for the show will go forward is, is when I drop out, that'll be at the same time that it'll be safe for uh, non- Book readers who don't want to be spoiled can also drop okay, out. Okay, so, so we're doing... David's our chaperone to make sure that we don't <laughs> spoil anything. We're, we're doing full book spoilers then? We're going to do full book spoilers, full book spoilers all 14 right. and the prequel. 
we're going to have a great time. So David, thanks for joining us on our podcast. No, uh, thanks for, uh, <laughs> thanks for keeping us spoiler free and we'll see you on the next episode. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited. I'm excited to, for our, uh, journeys into the, to the white tower to visit with Alicia. I think that's the way we're styling. Yes, okay. It's the inaugural white tower you. segment. All right. Awesome. I'm yeah. definitely an Aes Sedai. That is my, that is my, uh, group until we, well, book spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me slip out here at this point and let you guys go. Alicia, thank you so much. John, we'll talk to you on uh, episode one, which I'm uh, very excited to cover. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. bye. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we will go into full book spoilers. And we are back. Alicia, we're in full book spoiler section. So now I can say, holy shit, we got Lanfear. Yeah. She's here. <laughs> She's here. I, I mean, I, I did expect that. And I'm excited. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see, like, to seeing her in the trailer. It was perfect. Like, people were freaking out about her and Rand cuddling up together. Like, come on, don't yeah. you remember? Like, he had it bad for her. He, he did. You know, yeah, yeah, wait, they're, they're mad about it? Oh, yeah, people are like, uh, no, but no, they were never together. Like, that doesn't Celine mean phase. they're together, but he's like into it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's got to go through his Celine phase. Yeah. We, you know, I think Ren's insistence on, and it is pretty sexist his view about women, but his insistence on mm -hmm. constantly treating women as people who need protection. Right. Even when they show him that they don't, and even when they show him that they're not the best people. Uh, that's a big part of Rand's character. I don't think you fully captured Randall Thor if you don't have that as part of it. Yeah, I mean, and she's, it's also, um, because the interesting thing about her is that you, she seems to be someone who's manipulating him, but then you realize she really does have feelings for the man mm -hmm. that was, you know, right. and, and she's Lose transferring Theron. that to him. Yeah, so I, I think that's one of the things that I like about this story overall is for a lot of the Forsaken, you get... You know, they're they're sometimes have a bit of gray in there. They're not all bad Asmodian, all the time. Yeah, yeah, and um, and I like that what they're doing with uh, Ishmael. Did did you notice in the Amazon materials they sent us? It said Ishmael, but um, did it? Yeah. Oh no. But it's probably let's just assume typo. But um, yeah. Did you notice? Well, he's it's a much more like intimate portrayal with him in that uh, dark. Uh, friend social scene that we got mm -hmm. and that's sort of like something a side of him that we ha don't see at the beginning of the second book but um no later sort of get it with moradin right yeah yeah so well yeah and that's the question who do you think they're going to combine because i think there's going to be eight forsaken because they've given us that eight point star and there's eight seals and like okay. in, uh, the one from the end of last season and then there was i think seven in that yard in the uh scene from the okay they can also combine stories you know they can they can i guess you could get rid of asmodian i don't but he's a favorite i don't know <laughs> he's fine but he kind of disappears right yeah but um, then that's why i'm saying like can give combine his story with somebody else's yeah i see so i think probably the most useless one is samael yeah he kind of goes away off screen 
Yeah, as long as we get Mogetti and uh, Moget, I see this is a thing. I have to wait and see how the show says these names because oh, I have yeah. my Mogadine is one of them. Mogadine, yeah. yeah. I, I like Mogadine better, but who knows? And I don't know if we'll get her this book. I think she shows up in book four for the first time. Yeah, but uh, do you think like we'll have a separate Semmerage or do you think, you know? So, okay, so here's the thing. We see in the trailer, we see the blood soaked and everyone's assuming it's Lanfear. But something about maybe just the angle of the body, but like I'm having my doubts. What if that is a separate Forsaken? Hmm. Okay. Okay. I buy that. I think Balthamel and Agonor are gone. I don't think mm-hmm. they're ever coming yeah. back. No. Especially fair. because you have a very problematic right story. gender swap later that they could just completely sidestep by never introducing the character. Yeah. Although I hope that in general, I mean, I'm glad that in general, you know, they're you know, thinking more about uh, how they represent these gender issues. But I I do hope that, you know, there is a lot of gender issues in the story that I hope that they address head on. Um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That one in particular, though, I think that one and the dagger with Matt, uh, mm -hmm. they may have an easier time if they just sidestep it completely. Well, I mean, yeah, I, we can see from the trailer, we're, we're going to finish that dagger story, but I'm glad it, it goes much more quickly in the oh, show. Oh, no, so. I'm sorry. Oh. I meant not the not the dagger that uh, corrupts him, but the dagger from uh, his from later lover. Tyler, yeah. 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 Well, that's the thing is, but I, so there's so much debate about whether or not they should cover that story. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think that if you do it in the right way, and and Robert Jordan did not do it in the right way, I'm sorry, but he made no, he it did not. too much yeah. of a joke. He did. Um, but it's a serious issue that could make people feel seen if handled well. Mm-hmm. And, but it's that's true. That's true. I mean, the, the way he writes Elaine with that story, uh, it it made me not like Elaine, and that's the only reason I wouldn't like Elaine. Okay. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. Know? I don't think they'll do that. I, yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping. Um, as far as things that I really want to see in season two, the flicker scene has to be. Yeah. There. If that's not there, I will be really upset. Yeah. And I, um, I've already brought it up with the, uh, the, the sparring scene with Matt and, and the boys. And I am Absolutely. starting to worry that they're not going to be in this season uh, because we're not going to Camelin at all this season. Hmm. But we do have Elaine. We know we have Elaine. She's in the we trailer. We know we have Elaine, but she's going to show up at the at the tower. Right. Well, but you don't know if uh, maybe her brothers visit her. That might work. Yeah. Uh, and they go for a training session I mean, they with orders. Es- they escorted her in the books. So that's what I was hoping, right. hoping for. But <laughs> Right. I think it's fine if uh, if they don't escort her and they come later. I think that would be totally fine. That would be a fine show adjustment. Um, also the question is, do all of the girls get to the white tower at the same time? You know, does, does, is it like the books where Egwene and Elaine meet as brand new novices or do we have some kind of staggered appearance? Oh, okay. Oh, I assume same time, just especially for sake of speeding up the book, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we never know. I was going to say another question that was raised by the trailers uh, in terms of the timing of events is we clearly see in the trailers uh, Egwene being captured uh, by this Shanchen. Yes, and we do. the question is since they're showing that in the trailer before the season starts, does that mean that that's going to be a mid-season event? Probably. Rather I, than actually, I don't know because I think 
The question is, all right, so we I think we know we have Falma and Tyr, right? They mentioned the Stone of Tyr. But I mean, Tyr exists, of course. uh, But a lot of I personally think it would be great if we did mid-season Falma, um, season finale Tyr. But I know a lot of people are against me saying that's definitely not what what's happening. So yeah, I think they're going to combine it. I think that I they I think they're going to sidestep Kalendor for now because Kalendor does disappear for a really long time after this, right? Yeah, they could work it in. I mean, it's an important part of this story, but it could come later. Yeah, I think that I think that they will sidestep Kalendor and put that off and have the Aiel involved in Falma somehow. Maybe right. they think that they're supposed to go there instead of Tyr. And that's was, how they introduce the Aiel to Rand. Okay. I was wondering if they were going to show up in Kyrian um, something to do with, you know, uh, well, with their history with that city. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That, that'd be a good way to have them. Uh, involved. Yeah. And that's another city. I'm not sure if I'm saying that the way I'm supposed to, but we'll see what the show does. <laughs> mm-hmm. Another scene from book two I really want to see. I Book two, I, I recently re-listened to the audiobook, and I forgot how many iconic scenes are in it. Mm-hmm. Ingtar's Redemption. Mm-hmm. Gotta have it. If we yeah. don't have that or a similar character have that arc, I'll be upset. I mean, but they already kind of... Do you think it was him at the at the social? Probably. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing, because you don't want to waste time. And also, well, they're going to have to introduce a new Ingtar since we lost uh, the original actor, R.I.P. Willow. Did yeah. Did, did he pass away? No, 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 not like that. R.I.P. Willow. He left to, uh, because he was a major character in Willow, and then Willow, unfortunately. Oh, that's terrible. Was dropped, yeah. Well, that was a poor choice. <laughs> well, he his role, <laughs> he played a really good role. He definitely had more room to act mm-hmm. in that show and like be a character yeah 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 it's a shame because i i think that the book two ingtar plotline is one of the things that really surprised and delighted me about yeah that well book. i mean yeah so they recast him so now it's just that guy we met in season one not ingtar somebody else right interesting interesting i'm excited for that what else are you excited for in season two what do you hope to see um, I mean, I'm definitely excited to to meet the new characters. I'm really, I have a thing with wolves, and so I'm very excited for to meet Elias and to see Perrin's plotline. Oh, is he play. definitely in it, Elias? Um, yes, there was a casting announcement, so he'll. Oh, great! Yeah, that's excellent. Um, I'm hoping that we'll also get like uh, Domon and Eganon. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll we'll see. That I, that could be later. I don't know. Um, I'm hoping we get Elena, even though like she's one of the characters I most love to hate, you know, because mm-hmm. I think there was speculation they're going to combine her with Leandrin, right? Um, I, I, I think, yeah, I think there's no way that's going to happen for for one. Um, Rafe uh, Judkins, the showrunner, he basically confirmed it in an interview. He said that uh, Elena was one of the things he was most looking forward to introducing to the series. Oh, good. Um, but also, you know, you have that sort of. We're doing full book spoilers here, so warning. Mm-hmm. Um, you have that triangle of like Aleda, Leandrin, and Varen, who, you know, where there's a disparity between who seems to be bad and who's actually like Black Aja. Right. And I think you need to have all three of them to make that point. And that's one of the most interesting uh, juxtapositions in the whole story. And yeah, I think right. you have to preserve all three sides of that. That's fair. That's fair. Speaking of Varen, do we see her this season or is she a later addition? Uh, definitely we see her casting announcements in uh, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think, she's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. I, I hope that they do her justice. And I hope I hope we get more of her because I think that she kind of disappears in the books for a while, um, which is the same for a lot of these books because right. a lot of these characters, because it's just such a wide cast, it's hard. Uh, but if you pick your favorite characters and you sort of combine storylines creatively, I think you could give them more room to shine on the screen. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, for instance, Loghain is that's one of my favorite characters from the book. So I'm glad he's getting more screen time already. Um, yeah, we see him with Rand, right? Right. Yeah. And, and I wasn't surprised because, you know, when they, they made him a bigger part of season one already. And I think that that's a great idea to have that to, for someone for, you know, to, someone to compare with Rand um, to set up mm-hmm. how it is for a man to have to have this kind of power. Do you think that they will have Loghain be his tutor instead of Asmodian? Um, I mean, it seems like they're setting that up, but then it is just so like I made a joke on Twitter is, you know, people were like, he's getting tutored by Loghain and like could be worse. <laughs> he's definitely picked worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think, but I think it's important that he, cause Loghain is ultimately, you know, Loghain picks the right side. You know, he is, uh, more on the side of the light. And I think it, there was just something deeply interesting about Rand being tutored by one of the Forsaken. So I hope they don't change that. Right. All right. I have one more question for you and then feel free to add uh, anything okay. that you want to talk about. But I have one more question for you. Where are they going with Moir- Moiraine and is she stilled or shielded? Definitely 100% shielded. Like if you I watched the weaves that, that they do at the end like a hundred times. And it's really as it's described in the books, you know, you see also they gave us the example um, earlier with what being stilled looks like with, uh, with Loghain. And um, we even see, we even see Ishamayal tie it off at the end. So definitely shielded and tied off. Um, okay. And yeah, I know she's going to Kyrian to uh and we're gonna see some of her family life i know that someone's been cast to play her sister oh that's Um, great yeah yeah. her sister shows up i think in the very late books right we start to get uh her family yeah so i think yeah that's i think they're going to her cousin who shows up yeah it's yeah not i don't think she doesn't have a sister but uh we but we get more of her family stuff later and i think a her family stuff is just like politically really interesting you know it's interesting to set up those stakes because it ties into so many other things and uh, B, yeah, we're, it's about taking off the, they let Moraine wear her mask for like the first five and a half episodes of season one, you know, and now it's about getting to know her as a character so that mm-hmm. the audience can bond with her. Yeah. You know, I, I said one last question, but I have more now. <laughs> um, Moraine, she disappears for half the series. Mm-hmm. And... They've cast Rosamund Pike to play Moiraine. Yeah, the, I I don't know. I mean, they have to do the whole thing with like the Finns, but I I, th- I think they're going to shorten that a lot. But also, I think there's a lot in the middle they're going to shorten. Like, okay, w- one storyline they're definitely going to shorten is Files uh, kidnapped. Oh, do you think we're going to meet her this season? Um, it would fit the timeline. Yeah. I wonder if it's. I wonder if they have time to do it. Maybe, maybe yeah. a brief thing maybe, in like the last couple episodes. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe toward the end because yeah. Also, Perrin's not ready for that. I don't think he has to go through no. more of his wolfy thing. Right. Also, this is going to be his second wife instead of his first one. And the right, true. Medium. Yeah, it's a whole nother layer. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's already a widower. Is he gonna 
get into something else soon. I mean, I think one of the things about their relationship in the books is he's very naive. He's never had a wife. He doesn't really know how to speak to women, um, which is, you know, again, part of the sexism in Emmons field. But, um, mm-hmm. he, you know, I, I one of the funniest running jokes, though, is that all three of the Emmons field boys think that the other one right. is better at talking to women. Right. But uh, we, we unfortunately don't get that in the show. It's hard to get some internal dialogue in uh, internal monologue in the show. I agree with you. They're going to shorten this. The Moiraine being missing. Yeah. Arc. No, they, and, they can't. Uh, uh, yeah. I just think they're not going to get Rosamund Pike to agree to be gone for four years and come back. No. I mean, <laughs> but of course, yeah. So it's a it's about two books per season. So that would be like two seasons. But there's no way she's, she's going to be gone like max two episodes. <laughs> yeah. Which is a shame because I really think there's something powerful about Rand's journey thinking he's alone. Yeah, but I mean, I I think we're probably already going to start to see Rand, the moody Rand, thinking he's alone because that's mm. kind of his thing. Yeah, yeah. We we are in the sad boy Rand era now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope just, that they shorten um, that a little bit because it does get a little exhausting with the whining. Yeah, I'm ready for uh, red coat Rand era. Yeah. Redcoat Rand and then Darth Rand. We got yeah. we got a lot of Rands to get through. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, I think uh, we've discussed quite a lot of book spoilers already. Um, right. Any last thoughts on this, on these trailers, on the new scene, on your hopes for season two before we go? Um, yeah. So what about uh, the location of the uh, it's so, yeah, about back to the dark friend social because I'm kind of obsessed. Um the little girl at first, I like most other people thought that uh, she was a tinker, but then somebody mm. pointed out that the clothing actually matched the clothing in uh, that they saw in the behind the scenes costuming for Amadicia. Um, oh. Amadicia, Amadicia, anyway. Um, and yeah, that so, and that would match with the building that they were in, it was like a six pointed star, which is on the flag. Hmm. So, and that's for I mean, anyone who doesn't... closer to the second invasion, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, I don't know, interesting. Why Why there? Yeah. Yeah. Because they definitely weren't in the blight, obviously. I guess they. it's Carradine who's the uh, the dark friend in the white cloaks, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, but I was thinking that it was even... Could it even, like, could it be, I don't know, probably not. They wouldn't make it like Valda or something. Um, but I'm thinking, you know, they're going to be um, condensing characters. So they're, you mm-hmm. know, make characters you rec- you recognize rather than. Yeah, I think Valda's more interesting as an overzealous religious fiend rather than a dark friend. I think okay. I think the White Cloaks are most interesting when they think they're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But we will have, like, I, I do, well, I'm interested to see what happens with uh, Bornhold, and we're going to get his son, too, this, uh, because okay. th- he looked quite a bit more sympathetic in the show version when we meet him than in the book version when we first meet him. Um, right. You know, he was uh, suggesting to Moraine, like, oh, you you can, you might want to look for an Aes Sedai, but I didn't say so, you know, to heal that right. wound. Um, right. Interesting. So, yeah. So I'm I'm curious. That I think that they might lean into the moral ambiguity there. But so far with Valda, he's just like pure bad, bad, bad. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm I'm excited to see where they go with that. I uh, I hope we have 
more of the dark friend social in season two. I hope we have more iconic scenes. And I really just I, I want the show to succeed. I hope mm-hmm. it's a level up from season one, which I think had great moments, too. And I'm really excited to talk about this season with you and David as we go through. Yeah, me too. Oh, and uh, did you hear there was like a, uh, an article, I forget in which magazine now, but it was um, about the finale and about how epic that's going to be the battle. So. Oh, man. Well, which I hope so. obviously they couldn't do in season one. Better be. It better yeah. be. They got to make up for uh, Faldara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Thanks, Alicia, for being here with me at the White Tower. And uh, we will see you on the next segment. Well, that was a great preview conversation with David and Alicia on The Wheel of Time Season 2. Before we go, I have some outro notes for you. And first of all, I want to thank our Patreon lore masters and, of course, all our patrons. But we give a special shout out to our lore masters at the end of every single podcast. Those are Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H., Michael G., Michelle E., David W., Brian P., Nick W., SC., Peter O.H., Bettina W, Adam S, Nancy M, Lavinia T, Duve 71, Brian 8063, Frederick H, Sarah L, Gareth C, Eric F, Matthew M, Sarah M, DJ Miwa, Andrew B, Kwang Yu, Laura G, Deadeye Jedi Bob, and Nathan T. Thank you all so much. We just sent out our stickers to our patrons for anyone who subscribed by the end of July. And when I say we, I mean David. So thanks, David, for doing all the mailing. I'm seeing everyone post in Discord and send us emails about the stickers. And I'm really glad to see that it's ending up on Bookshelves with Tolkien and other fun spots. So keep writing in. Keep joining in on the community. Uh, I love being a part of this community. And thank you all so much for making it what it is. As far as programming notes, let's start with Alicia, who you just heard. She has her own podcast, Wool Shift Us, that's part of our network. And she just finished covering Silo, but she's moving into the Dune series. She's going to be covering a lot of Dune media from the books to the video games to the film adaptations to get you prepped for the new sequel that's coming out this year, hopefully. So check out her feed. You can find it in our show notes, and of course there are Discord channels where you can discuss her Dune conversations. Then Maester Anthony and Steve are back with Properly Howard Movie Review, where they're reviewing uh, remakes this year, and they're going to be doing a new season weekly uh, starting uh, August 14th, so one's already out on uh, White Men Can't Jump. It's hilarious. They make a ton of jokes that make me crack up. I can't listen to it in public or I'll be laughing like a crazy person. And you can even check us out on their Dune episode. David, Alicia, and I went on their podcast to talk about the 2021 Dune adaptation. So check that out. You can find that link in the show notes, too. Now, on the Lorehounds feed, we have so much happening. Of course, you know we're doing Wheel of Time. We just told you that. That'll be weekly. Uh, and we have screeners, so they're going to be coming out right away, except if they don't give us screeners for the second half of the season. So stay tuned on the second half. But we have more coming. We have weekly coverage of Ahsoka, weekly coverage of Foundation, which we're about halfway through the season right now. And uh, even our monthly shows like Second Breakfast for Patrons. You've got the Earth Sea Cycle coming back in September for our first Tehanu episode. I know Marilyn is itching for multiple episodes and we'll probably have to do it because you know how long our conversations go with her. Uh, then Brandon and I are going to be playing Skyrim, the Elder Scrolls 5 on the Lorehounds play before David and I 
release a new episode of Silmarillion Stories. So check out our feed. Check out our fire hose if you're not on there. This is going to be on the Wheel of Time feed as well. So you're only getting Wheel of Time stuff on the Wheel of Time feed. Make sure you go subscribe to our fire hose by by uh, searching for the Lorehounds if you are not on that feed now. Uh, thanks so much, and we will see you for episode one. The Lorehounds podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions, feedback, and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all our episodes at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series The Acolyte which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. <laughs>